The message that comes to a child is the way I am is not okay. Yeah. The way that I am is not accepted, you know. And those messages have had very, very drastic effects on yeah. on my sense of self, my sense of self-worth as well growing up. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 6 of Spectrum Podcast, overcoming internalized homophobia and learning to love yourself. So a few weeks ago, I interviewed popular content creator and business owner Erica Lee on the topic of diversity, rainbow washing and making a stand for this show. At the end of our interview, she felt inspired to ask me a couple of questions about how I coped with being gay growing up and how I've since reconciled with all my struggles. So we did a reverse interview for this episode and for context, I want to let you guys know that Erica and I are cousins who grew up together. We spent a lot of time together in our childhood and always had a ton of fun. I've never felt like I had to hide my gender identity from her, but it wasn't something that we spoke openly about. And the following conversation is actually the first time we've addressed this topic, which, to be honest, no one has ever really asked me about in my life. I really appreciated the fact that Erica is such an empathetic human being and created a safe space that allowed me to open up and be so vulnerable with her and now with you guys too. I hope you find value in this episode where I also talked about the deep internal identity work I have done on myself over the years to replace the disempowering thoughts and beliefs that were drilled into me since young and were very damaging to my sense of self-worth and self-esteem and replace them with more empowering beliefs and a more positive self-image instead. It has been a really long journey for me getting here. And for those of you still on that journey, I hope you find this episode helpful and empowering. Well, like now that I'm, I've grown up, like I've always wondered if like when we were growing up, if there were, there were moments that you really felt that you were alone. Because I feel like we were together a lot, but mm we never talked about any of this so like how did you go through so much of life not talking to i guess us about it you know like who you saw and kind of lived with every day mm. okay so i think partly it's um i've written about this about having the guilt and the shame you know and feeling like you have to, i had to hide myself so when society and family tells you like your being your existence is wrong you know from the age of a small child you and you get the kind of messages coming in from society and that seeps into your your sort of psyche and you know you just feel like you're you're wrong you're a wrongness you know you are a mistake in mm. a way and so opening up make it makes opening up even harder yeah because um, because you, you're already dealing on your own with that guilt and shame so I guess I felt like I needed to I, I felt like I couldn't open up like I couldn't share because there was just too much guilt and too much like self-blame as well because 
I actually felt like there's something wrong with me, you mm. know, like how come I'm this way, how come I'm born this way, and there's like nothing much that I can do about it, you know. Um, so it's that whole label of labeling yourself as wrong. But that said, then yeah, I do feel like I need to take accountability in the sense of is me choosing not to open up, you know, is me choosing not to take that risk to open up yeah. and talk openly about these things because I had the I had the thought that people won't be able to understand. Yeah. Yeah. So that was the that was the overarching thing is like I felt like people won't be able to understand. And I and I'll be judged, obviously. So there was never any one point where you did try and then you you were met with a response that made you feel mm. that you couldn't open up more? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, mm, I don't recall any incident where I tried yeah. to like with like the close family members yeah. or close friends. So it was really, I guess, my own thinking, my own assumptions yeah. as well about life and the world. Yeah. Yeah. I know you were very like tomboyish, I suppose like, you know, when we, when we were growing up. Mm. And I mean, I never... Maybe I'm just blur, but like I never sort of heard anyone tell you you shouldn't be a tomboy. But that was like at Nan's house, right? Mm. At, 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 like, but you know, <coughs> when you were not there, did you encounter like, you know, I mean, even okay. to, yeah, like did people tell you you shouldn't be dressed this way or shouldn't act this way and things like that? Okay, I'll tell you the messages that I heard yeah. and that do still kind of haunt me to yeah. to today. Um, messages like and these are from some relatives and family messages like you can be who you are but you don't have to be an open book you don't have to be so obvious about it um, and so 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 the message that comes to a child is the way I am is not okay yeah the way that I am is not accepted you know and on on one hand, I did I do appreciate, of course, hindsight, um, the fact that I wasn't like outrightly rejected or kicked out of the house like some of uh, the other LGBTQIA people, you know, have to They've face. Up, yeah. But so I, I I do feel grateful for that. Um, but at the same time, those messages have had very very drastic effects on. Yeah on my sense of self, my sense of self-worth as well, growing up and everything and feeling like, like... Like, it's like you can be this person but don't really be this person. Don't flaunt it. Yeah, don't show me. Don't flaunt it. Okay. And, um, so, so, okay, the, why I feel so much about the trans issue and the trans community is because in the whole LGBTQIA group yeah. and family, the the most marginalized i think it's safe to say they are because they are so visible and that's there's there's a lot of awareness and education that needs to happen in this area you know and i feel a lot of people don't get it yeah. you know and i'm so grateful that i get a lot of support and supportive messages now from people from straight friends from straight industry contacts and all that and it does mean something to me and it means a lot but at the same time sometimes their narrative is like we accept you what you know like yeah. you are loved what you know and 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 you are you are great you're awesome all these things but what they don't get is actually they don't understand 
our experience and our lived experience you know so so why i'm so like passionate about more of the trans community is because they're, they're more marginalized in a sense because they're so visible they don't like if i choose dress like a boy i can't hide the fact that i'm probably gay you know what i mean yeah. like and a trans woman is so obvious you know so the discrimination that they get is very very overt and in your face yeah. um whereas say compared to like say a lesbian with long hair they can still sort of like pass and like yeah you know so they don't get the very obvious discrimination sure they, they face they have their struggles as well yeah. but it's a different level mm. yeah so that's interesting how like i know it's like a, a long journey yeah it's been like a, a long journey for you but like Actually, when you lived away for a little while, did you feel that it was more freeing? You mean when I went to study in Australia? Yeah. Like just, I mean, in a, mm. in a place that maybe is not as conservative even as Singapore. Or maybe I could be wrong. Maybe they were also okay. conservative there. But did you feel... Okay, so this is interesting because... Uh, <laughs> I don't know why, but the memory that is popping in my head right now about my time in Australia was whenever I go to the, the gay bars I always get hit on by gay guys <laughs> instead of girls that's, that's just like my memory from that's uni so you know <laughs> so twisted also <laughs> yeah so okay so but but what's interesting is that even though the environment may be different and the environment may be more open and accepting I didn't feel any less alone in a sense because yeah. it was my journey yeah. and it was about my relationship with myself and these are some of the things that I'm, I'm like now realizing that you can actually have really great support but it's your relationship with yourself that matters the most and if you don't have a good solid strong relationship with, your, with yourself or if you have like a lot of self-doubt and everything then doesn't matter you yeah. know like the the support almost like it just doesn't get in it's still secondary yeah. right so that's why i'm always championing like working on ourselves and and building that that strong relationship with ourselves what has really helped you you think to like slowly even start to come to to that sort of reconciliation with yourself i think it was probably like a lifetime of a lot of shit <laughs> you know and a lot of really really negative experiences toxic experiences toxic relationships and all that that eventually i had to hit rock bottom to eventually realize that i have to do something drastic and something major so like the last two years i've been really doing a lot of self-work and 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 what I want to share is is identity work. So I've been doing a lot of work in terms of my identity and how I see myself and deciding who I want to be as a person in this world, what I stand for, my values. And then um, I actually like literally sat down and determined all this and decided all this. And then interestingly, the actions just naturally flow from mm. there and they start to be aligned with what I, I decided that how my life is going to be mm. and what I'm going to stand for 
Um, so I would say the biggest change in the last one, two years has been like the massive identity work that I've been doing in terms of trying to undo some of the the very disempowering thoughts and beliefs that I had about myself. Yeah. So, um, and and seeing myself as having value. Yeah. Um, and and really having to train like train myself from scratch, you know, in all these kind of areas. Yeah. Hey guys, as we all know, there's so much going on in the world today and we're all dealing with a lot of challenges just trying to get through this pandemic. So I'd like to take a moment to share with you about Safe Space, an organization that connects users with counselors, including LGBT-friendly counselors, for online and offline counseling sessions. If you're feeling stressed, burnt out, or having relationship or marriage problems and you need to talk to someone for help, don't hesitate to reach out to their professional therapists at safespace.sg to book a counseling session and improve your mental well-being today. I don't know if you want to answer this question, but like, do you see any benefit or like, I don't know, maybe even power in being actively part of the LGBTQ community in Singapore? Because I know like, I feel like your your journey, whether you chose for it to be quite isolating or not, it has been. But do you think that it would be in any way helpful to you to be more immersed or be more involved in the community? Okay, so this is something also that I've been thinking about over time, over the years, right? Like, why have I not chosen to be so involved in the community? Yeah. And actually, a lot of it had to do with not accepting myself and choosing to stay away because it's, it's internalized homophobia. I don't know if you're f- like familiar with that term. I, mean, I, can, I guess so I can make sense of what you A lot of um, some LGBTQIA individuals have internalized homophobia until we come to a place where we deal with it and then yeah. we get over it and we yeah. overcome it. So for me, that has been the, 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 I've been grappling with it for actually a long time. And I know that this can be quite surprising to some people because they, I mean, I, and I get this feedback from people sometimes and they are surprised that I have these struggles because they feel like I look like I'm so out and open and all that. And, and that's exactly what I want to, what I want to share is that, you know, things aren't always what they seem yeah. and sometimes and, and that's why we always kind of have to look deeper yeah. and we have to, to to look deeper to try to understand from a deeper level what people are really going through yeah. and not just make like judgments based on yeah on what we see on the outside on the surface so so um yeah so i think I've had that internalized homophobia for a long time and I had to admit to myself that yeah, I actually don't feel so comfortable being in large groups of the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. and um, and I trace it back to the internalized homophobia la. That it, It's very strange, it's like there's not wanting to be associated with it although you know you clearly are and you know you can't deny that <laughs> yeah. you know and, and it's so obvious for the whole world to see yeah. But not having, but to answer your question, like so, this year's Ping Dot was really very interesting because something clicked for me where I realized 
that yeah actually I've been isolating myself yeah. I have been making myself an island thinking that I have to struggle on my own yeah. when actually there's so much support out there but again I also don't want to be too hard on myself now because uh, there's no point that I beat up on myself now when yeah, I've, sure. I've, I've worked so hard to get out of that kind of mode um, so now it's just about recognizing that okay I did that because I had the internalized homophobia and I couldn't so kind of deal with it you know so I stayed away from the community because maybe I f didn't feel very comfortable and all that yeah. yeah I know like this year's Ping Dot you know we watched it from home like did it surprise you to see how many I mean I know it's just a digital like participation but you know at the end when they show the island light up mm. like did you were you surprised even to like you know or amazed like there were that many allies or that many people that are I guess that want to I think like it might not have been like an active way of like being there for the LGBTQ community like you know when you show up at the space is very different from just logging online but I think like people really tried to make an effort but how do you feel seeing something like that? It definitely moved me. I really felt very, very moved and um, I wouldn't say surprised or amazed, but I did feel very moved to know that I'm really, really not alone and that so many people out there and it was a wonderful feeling, la, very, very mm. wonderful feeling. Yeah. I think, I think for me it's really just like, if you could, maybe if you could tell your younger self mm. something that would really you know I mean only you would know when was like a really tough time when you were when you were joining like if you could talk to you or write yourself a letter or tell yourself at that point in time something what would you tell yourself no you're gonna make me cry <laughs> damn it <laughs> cause I'm sure there are whoever's listening there might be someone who also needs to hear it and like for you to also feel that power that you've come out of that place like what would you tell yourself i think what i would have wanted to know and feel and um, hear was probably that okay so if i'm telling it to my younger self yeah. that you are loved and you matter just those two things so sometimes we forget that the simplest words are the most powerful yeah So for everyone who's listening, Erica just made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> and made myself cry, but but I think that was really powerful and I think okay, so I think a lot of people have a lot of trauma actually and sometimes it can be small things, you know. It doesn't have to be like huge huge things and some and we all need healing. Yeah. 
and I think people in this community especially because we go through a lot uh, of course to different degrees right from the from discrimination to to just family acceptance and all kinds of stuff to different degrees some people are a little bit luckier than others some people have it a bit rougher than others but I think this community a lot of people could benefit from a lot of healing as well yeah. yeah and healing is so important because until we we are healed we can't we can't have really good healthy relationships you know and we can't have like um, yeah so yeah. I mean they, they, they do say like if you can't love someone else if you can't love yourself exactly yeah. that's the RuPaul thing right yeah how, how the hell are you going to love someone if you can't love yourself? Yeah. yeah. Mm. And, and you know, and, and the important message also is to not blame yourself. And like for me, I had a lot of self-blame for most of my life, you know, and, and but that's the important thing to not do, is to not blame yourself because I think there's a tendency to self-blame because it's like, the narrative is like, why do I have to be like this? You know, and I, because I'm like this, all these shit experiences happen to me sometimes. But it's not to self-blame because it just, it just is what it is, like, you know, and it was what it was. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. Thanks for asking me these questions. <laughs> uh, it's, it's very interesting because on some level, I felt and I knew even from a long time ago and I've been wanting to do this podcast for a long time right and it's taken me like two years since the idea I first seeded the idea and even did the first few interviews and all that it's taken me two years to finally get it out and and it's really reflective of my journey mm -hmm. to my own self-acceptance on different at different levels of acceptance over the years and I forgot what I was going to say you say it's very interesting because you've known from the start when you started this uh, podcast. I kind of knew that this was going to be healing for me as well. Yeah. Uh, even though my main objective is to help other people, obviously, and share stories, but I knew that on some level it's going to be healing for me to work on this project as well. Yeah. Yeah. You're on the way. Psychologist Carl Jung said, shame is a soul-eating emotion. The trouble with shame is that it's a toxic emotion. It chips away at our sense of self, and the people in our lives can sometimes transfer their own feelings of shame and prejudice onto us unknowingly. But I believe that it is up to us to do the tough inner work to heal ourselves so that we can live rich and full lives. And this is my hope for all of you. I hope you found value in my sharing today. And if you did, please share this episode with those you love if you feel that it could help them too. And together, we can make a bigger impact in society. 
If you'd like to connect with me on Instagram, find me at Jamie Nones, J-A-M-I-E-N-O-N-I-S. And be sure to follow Spectrum Podcast as well. Find us at Spectrum, S-P-E-Q-T-R-U-M Podcast, P-O-D-C-A-S-T. Until next time, I pray that you always have the strength and courage to be who you are and know that you are beautiful and loved just the way you are. And remember that no matter what you might be going through, there's always a rainbow around the corner. Stay strong, keep the faith, and take care, my friends.